Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Cycling is our game this week. Uh, we've got a former Olympic medalist on the program uh, who I think was competing at the very highest level through to about 2016. He'd done it for well over a decade, you know, approaching two decades. Uh, an incredible career he did have, and we are delighted to welcome into the program. And it's very timely considering uh, what has happened on, at the Commonwealth Games with the swag of medals for New Zealand. I think of the 20 Commonwealth Games golds, we won 10 were from cycling. Uh, I wonder if he had a big smile on his face uh, seeing the uh, the class of 2022 do particularly well. But we are going to talk about his career. Uh, we are thrilled to welcome in Hayden Ralston, who joins us from probably a very busy Saturday somewhere down south. How are you, Hayden? Thanks for joining us. Hi, guys. Thanks very much for having me. You nice and busy today? You've already been out for a cycle? Uh, no, no cycle. No exercise at all today. It was uh, chasing kids around a soccer pitch. So uh, busy wee morning. Well, chasing kids around a pitch, that does sound like exercise to me, Hayden. I know you set very, very high bars with regards to what you can put your body through, but I think you can give a, a tick on you've achieved something today physically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all, all, all good fun following the kids, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, well, have you, have you whet them on bikes already? Because, because I, 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 you know, reading about your past, it sounds like your entry point into cycling was a family affair, was it not? Yeah, it's a bit of an interesting story. So it was definitely in my genes. Uh, my dad raced and his brothers raced. Um, you know, I've got very old photos of me uh, sitting on a racing bike on a bike rack on the back of the old Cortina car. You know, so it was definitely <laughs> in my genes. But um, I sort of did every sport when I was uh, really young. Well, pretty much every sport apart from cricket. And um, my real, my first real love of wheels was probably BMXing. Um, and that sort of led me into into track cycling, which led me to road cycling. Oh, so, so what age did you make that shift in, into the track cycling, for example? Um, I started track cycling probably when I was about 12 or 13, somewhere around there, maybe 11, 11 12. I was sort of playing rugby up until that point as well. So, um, But from about, from about 13 onwards, I started to do a lot more cycling and then and then I sort of dropped everything when I was probably about 14, 14, I think, and just focused completely on cycling. All oh, right, so you could have been a great All Black, is what you're telling us. You know, what type of foot, what type oh, of footy know, player I were you? I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. Oh, mate, 12, 13, getting into to track cycling. Mate, I, I can hardly walk around one of those tracks without getting vertigo. Uh, yeah, they're, they're quite harrowing things when you, when you don't know what you're doing. So, so what was that experience like, um, you know, getting onto the track and competing for the first time? Yeah, well, you've got to remember, like, we were brought up on, um, like, a lot of sort of my era were brought up on really big 400-metre or bigger outdoor tracks, which are basically pan flat compared to what we race on today, you know. Um, so I still remember going to Wanganui, 
going from a 400 metre pan flat track here in Canterbury to a 250-metre wooden um, <laughs> banking that are like 40 degrees. I'll tell you what, I, thought, I just didn't know how I was going to stay up on, on two wheels, you know. Um, it was daunting. But, um, hey, you get out there and you do it, it always looks way worse than it is. And, um, and when you get out there and, and you're doing it, it's just it's such a thrill, eh? When you made the shift full-time, getting away from all those other recreational sports you were involved in, what, what decided that? Was it, actually, I'm quite good at this sport. I need to dedicate myself. You know, can, can you walk us through that step? Yeah, it's a hard one. Um, I think I probably enjoyed it more, to be honest. Um, I wouldn't say I had uh, a natural ability uh, as a cyclist. I mean, I remember... You know, many, many years, many races, uh, you know, thinking to myself, you know, well, like, what, what the heck is going wrong? You know, because I wasn't winning, winning lots of races. But there was a turning point when I was about 15 when I won um, double t- two titles at the Elite Road Nationals in Timaru. Um, that, sorry, under-17 Road Nationals. And from that point on, I realised that, hey, maybe I can do this. So that's when I started to really apply myself and started to push the boat out a little bit more as to what I was capable of. And it sort of um, did my my career sort of kicked off from that point, really. Right. So at at that point of kick off, what's in your mind about what you want to achieve? Because there seems to be many paths you can go. The, the track cycling, of course, uh, but the professional, the professional world, whether it's in Europe, North America, was that in your sights already? Had you clearly sort of mapped out how your career might shake down? Yeah, no, yes and no. Like, I mean, I knew I knew that I wanted to... I still have really fond memories of the uh, theme music, like Barcelona Olympics and Sydney Olympics. You know, there always used to be a theme song. I still remember coming home from school and flicking it on and, and hearing that theme music. So Olympics, Tour de France, all that sort of stuff is what I wanted to do. Um, I guess the message is I knew what I wanted to do. I didn't know how I was going to get there. And um, and to be perfectly honest, that's all you need to know, right, is, is what you want to do because so many people walk around their life not knowing what they want. Um, I knew from a really young age that, that I wanted to race at a really high level, Tour de France. I mean, you know, Dad used to video all the uh, stages in the middle of the night. It wasn't a luxury that we have today where you can watch it live. Um, and then I'd get up the next morning and watch them. Uh, you know, things like that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I had no clue how hard it would be to get to that level, but um, I did know from a pretty young age that that's what I wanted to do. Did you always want to juggle the track and, and the road too? Was, was that always in your thinking, I'd like to do both here? Yeah, I, I, it always worked for me. Um, nowadays it works even better because the gearing is so much bigger on the track than what it was when I was racing, even though back when I was racing the track, that gearing was massive as well. Um, but yeah, so for me, they both work really well together. I, I was always good on the track when I was doing heavy road, and I was always good on the road when I was doing heavy track, you know. So for me, they work really well together. Um, there was a period of time about, probably about well, one or two Olympic classes ago, when uh, it went really heavy gym, and, um, you know, they, they, they took the aerobic side of it out of it, trying to get, you know, stronger and more powerful. Um, but that didn't work. It only got you so fast to a certain certain point. So now they've actually brought way more road in, um, and it's almost gone. You know, uh, it's almost done the full circle back to what it was when I was racing, where road and track are equally as important to each other. Hayden Ralston is our guest. He's our Saturday session legend for this week. I should say Hayden Ralston. Uh, 
uh, MNZM. Let's not forget that. Um, born in Ashburton, uh, professional career in cycling and a very storied one uh, representing New Zealand. And those sort of, they combined in 2002. And, you know, just doing my own research, 2002 seemed like a very big year for you, Hayden. You represent New Zealand at the Commonwealth Games. I think you, you pick up a bronze there. But you also turn professional. Um, you, a massive year for someone so young, right? Yeah, it was a huge year. You know, to think it was 20 years ago today, really, that I had my first foray into, into the Commonwealth Games. Um, and like you say, bronze medal, which it, it, um, it was such a big moment. Like I still, those, you know, the Commonwealth Games in uh, Manchester, they still, they still rank up there as one of my, the best games I went to. Um, but yeah, like you say, turning professional, like that there for me is probably my biggest achievement in my career is actually signing a professional contract. Like it's, it's, I liken it to some of these rugby players signing their first all that contract, you know, like there's so many people that want to do it, but there's only a select few that actually get the chance to sign on that dotted line. So, you know, for me, it was, um, it was, it was pretty amazing to, to get that opportunity to, you know, go over there and do those couple of really tough years I had to do as an amateur in France, speaking um, no French at all and having to learn it on uh, SWAT cards, you know. So it was just, it was so much hard work that went into signing that pro contract. And then, you know, obviously going to the Commonwealth Games and representing New Zealand in my first major competition, um, you know, it was a it was a dream year, and I guess that sort of set my um, my you know the direction of the rest of my career as well. Were you ready for it? Were you ready to be a pro? Uh, I was ready, hundred percent. I went so my two years as amateur in France. Um, the first year, it took me a long time. Even though I was probably one of the strongest in the first year, I went to France. Um, the results weren't showing it because I wasn't learning how to race properly in France. I was the strongest in the first half of every race, but of course when the you know, when the push came to shove at the end of the race I I, you know, burnt all my matches. So it took me actually the first year of learning to understand how to win in France. Um, and then, you know, I went back the second year, I won two races the first year. I went back the second year and I won nine races. I, was, I think I was the number two ranked amateur in France up until like, you know, July or August. Um, at that point in the, in the year, which was pretty phenomenal for a, a international, um, and then I just knew I knew I needed to take that next step, and that next step was uh, you know trying to get a professional contract. But you know we seen you know I was luckily really lucky to have a French family looking after me. They basically take care of everything. They put a really nice CV together along with all my track results, road results, um, physiological testing. We sent it to about oh, over thirty professional teams, and I got one reply and that one reply was not even for pro, a pro team it was for the under 23 team to level down um and then you know it was so disappointing that you know to think that i was winning you know some very big races in france as an amateur and i got one team interested in me you know so um long story short i went and tested for that team they saw my test results and then they wanted me for the big pro team um and then i ended up signing for another pro team so yeah it's a cutthroat world over there, and I think, you know, for me, who dips in and out of following the sport, I don't really have a grasp of how cutthroat it is. The lengths these teams um, ask of you athletes, um, you know, it's a pretty colourful history in cycling too, what, what what some athletes would do to win as well. Just just how stressful and cutthroat an environment what were, were the professional ranks throughout your years? Yeah, it was, but at, at the same time, I, I remember my early years professional, like, I mean, um, you know, like, I mean, I was just, 
I, I just wanted it. You know, you've got to, you've just got to have that internal drive and want it more than everyone else because, like you say, it is cutthroat. There is, you know, let's say a thousand amateurs all trying to turn professional when they only hand out, you know, twenty odd professional contracts a year. Um, you know, you've got to be the guy that wants it the most. And you know, I remember that first year as an amateur. I mean, I I went up the back of a car and crashed, and I did both knees, and I was just ringing home to mum and dad and. Thank God we didn't have a lot, a lot of money back in those days. Otherwise, they would have put me on a plane and come home, you know. Um, that was just the reality of it. I, I didn't have a choice. I was over there to try and, you know, achieve this dream. And um, I just wanted it more than everyone else. And that's, that's what you see now with these athletes that are coming through. The ones that really want it and prepare to, you know, roll with the punches. And, you know, because um, as an athlete, I mean, you lose way more than you win, right? So... You know, those athletes that can actually get up after a hard knock and, and keep moving forward, they're the ones that make it. So, yeah, it, it was tough. And it, it is cutthroat, but it's a really rewarding um, sport. I mean, sport in general is rewarding if you put the hard yards in. Is there a highlight of, you know, this is a professional career you had for over 10 years, right? So it, it's hard to actually, um, you know, highlight one or two moments from, from my perspective. But, but you, what, what gave you the most satisfaction throughout those years? Um, I mean, at the time, it probably didn't, it, even though the Olympic Games, you know, ranked so highly and um, it's probably my most proudest moment, at the time it didn't seem that big a deal, you know, because it's just what we <laughs> yeah. were doing. And it, it's really only looking back now and knowing how hard it is to win Olympic medals that I actually am um, appreciated a bit more. You know, like you take, I took a lot of stuff for granted as an athlete and to be honest, if I could turn back the clock and go and rewrite a few things, I would I would do it because I'd do it differently, you know. But um, yeah, I think um, you know um, you know the Olympics. I mean, it's a it, it's probably the um, you know the, the big turning point in my career where you know my name, especially when the Olympics is talked about, like I'm you know I'm known as someone that, that went and got those medals. But um, yeah, listen, it was it was amazing. I was really fortunate to have the, the length of career I did. It wasn't all plain sailing. I had a lot of ups, a lot of downs, and probably way more downs than some other athletes have today. Um, but I was really lucky to have a good, good core group behind me always. And um, even when I went off track a few times, you know, I was able to thankfully pull myself back on track. Did it? Did it almost end before it started? I do remember you. You've had some significant injuries, like every cyclist has. But but you had an irregular heartbeat. You were told to stop cycling immediately. That that was almost early in your professional career. Was that a moment you thought, God, they're going to take it away from me? I haven't really started. Yep. No, you're 100 percent right. That was in 2006, and um, it was all taken away from me. Really, I mean, I had to retire. Um, it was quite a big ordeal, and I just remember thinking exactly that. It's, it's gone, you know, and I was just thinking, oh, what can I do to get it back? So, yeah, I mean, I was really, really fortunate just to meet an amazing lady, come to my life at the right time, um, took me down the natural path, and, um, you know, I mean, my best my best years come after that, you know. So I'm, 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 it was definitely just about over before it started, that's for sure, but I was very, very lucky to um, meet my Reiki lady who led me down a, uh, a path that I'll um, never forget. So back on the path, you're back better, you start winning. I, a lot of New Zealanders will remember the 2008 Beijing Olympics very fondly for what you did. When you look back now, how do you reflect upon, you know, silver in the individual pursuit, bronze in the team pursuit? Um, you know, a lot of athletes we speak to think, oh, God, I could have done this differently. Is this one of the... Uh, 
you know, chapters you like to rewrite differently, or you reflect now on 2008 as that, that was the perfect meet for me. I, I did everything I possibly could. I don't right. think I lived to my full potential as an athlete. So that's one regret I've got, and it's, it's definitely one message I try and get across to athletes today is just have no regrets, you know. Um, you know, like little things, little things I wish I could have done better around nutrition and stuff, stuff I'm really passionate about today, you know. Like there's just, there's always something you can do better, you know. The, you know, the Team Sky, the massive professional team in, um, in the UK that, that when Tour de France with Bradley Wiggins and riders like this, like they're always talking about 1%, you know, like get that 1% extra, like do 1% better every day. And um, and it's actually true, you know. So um, the Olympics, I wish if I could go back and rewrite it, it would be believe that I was capable of winning because I physically was capable, but mentally I was overawed by the, the guys riding in the final and, and things like that. And plus, you know what, I only really started doing the individual pursuit earlier in that year. I didn't have a whole lot of like really successful individual pursuits under my belt. I really, I literally only had probably two, you know, so I wish I just had more belief um, and, you know, and then I could have really, really had a crack at, at trying to beat him. Um, but yeah, you know what, it's easy to look back and say, I wish I could have done this or that better, but you've got to do the best of what you've got as well. And um, I'm, I'm very, very proud of every result I've got. And the Olympics were uh, an amazing um, spectacle. And, you know, to, to be someone at the Olympics that got two medals from one Games is, is pretty pretty cool. That's kind of amazing. You feel like you were like in your infancy as far as a pursuit rider when 2008 arrived, that if you'd had another six months, 12 months, 18 months, uh, and really worked at your craft, you know, understand the element of racing, um, you, you could have hit high heights. Definitely, yeah, 100%. Um, but it's just the way it goes, right? Um, you know, I still remember the team, team pursuit really fondly as well, and I often get asked, like, you know, what, what was the better result, you know, the second or the third? And, um, you know, to, we, we beat Australia to win a bronze medal, whereas I lost to Bradley Wiggins to win a silver. You know, they're very different emotions, um, even though, you know, second outranked third, but the emotion we had beating Australia for that bronze write-off, it was like we won gold anyway, you know, it was it was absolutely yeah. amazing. It's, it's something we still talk about today, like beating Australia to get the bronze, when Australia had beaten us every single time in the lead up, you know, the years leading up to the Olympics. So it was um, interesting, those two emotions between the two medals. Yeah, it would have been nice to beat a knight. But beating Australia, no, nothing gets better than that, right, Hayden? Nothing gets better than that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. To explain to the, those listening this sensation of, of riding, whether it's on the track or out of the road, if you're charging, you know, charging down hell going at, I don't know what speed you could actually uh, get up to. I, I'd imagine the sensations could be quite overwhelming, but are you in a bubble? Do, do you hear, smell everything? Describe what it's like being on... On the saddle, charging around. Yeah, there's um, sometimes you can be on the saddle biting your skin because it's hurting so much. But then there's those, there's those, you know, one or two days of your career. Like I, I can vividly remember one or two days when I got on that bike, and I felt like I had no chain. I felt like I was going downhill the whole time. It just felt so effortless and so easy. Um, days like that, I tell you, they're, they're few and far between. But when you get a day like that, it's just that's why you do it, you know. I remember a number of um, national um, road racing here in uh, in Canterbury where we had the nationals round um, up the Port Hills. 
and there was one day there in particular I felt like I just could do anything I wanted on the bike that day as well. You know, when you get days like that, it just makes everything worth it. Um, but let's be honest, nine times out of ten you don't, and you've got to got to push through that pain pain barrier. But um, it's it's you know it's worth it at the end. Um, it's no different to anything in life. Like when you put the hard yards in. Um, you know, you might have to overcome some adversity along the way, but, but when you get the result or you achieve a result, you know, achieve achieve something, it's very very satisfying. How do you feel the competitive element these days? I try and run really fast, <laughs> and it's not that fast, but it's uh, it's it seems fast to me, you know, like. Um, so I just do a bit of running now, but I've just I've actually literally just bought some carbon plated running shoes, believe it or not, and uh, to try to run a bit faster. But um, yeah, I, I I love the challenge of running. Um, I, uh, I I do a lot of research into it. I it just it just fills a lot of um, it fills a lot of uh, what would you call it? Takes a lot of boxes for me in terms of um, getting out there and pushing myself. Eh? Carbon fiber shoes that. It's not going to make you go faster. It's like a Fabian Cancerella motor on his bike or something like that. It's not, it's not going to make you go quicker, is it? It does. And they're really fast. Hey? It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, they're really, really fast. Carbon plated running shoe. I love it. Oh, brilliant. Were you always competitive like, like as, a, as a kid, or, or did you have to steal your competitiveness once you actually started competing? Looking around the room and go, holy heck, there's some, there's some savages out here. No, I was definitely, definitely competitive. But when you get to that level, that high level, um, it's amazing the competitiveness some people have. You know, um, you see it in you see it in the sport, you see it in the corporate world. You know, like some people are just born winners and they'll do anything they can to win. Um, but you've got to have something driving you, I, I believe. Otherwise, it's, you know, there's too many downs for you to be able to get through them all if you don't have some form of competitive streak. Um, and that's the beauty of sport, right? That's why I, that's why yeah. I love sport, and that's yeah. why you know I see my kids now, and geez, um, my daughter. I mean, she'll never ever drop the rope in a, in a, in a tug of war. You know what I mean? Like she is. <laughs> she is so um, yeah, I'm anticipating her uh, sporting career. Hopefully, going to kick off pretty soon. Won't keep you much longer, Hayden. This is fascinating. I got so many questions I could ask. Do you miss anything? Is there anything in particular you miss? Yeah, I, I actually do, funnily enough, miss the process of training and, and, yeah. and trying to get better, you know. Uh, you know, the five-hour rides, coming home, knowing you've got no care in the world apart from laying on the couch and just <laughs> recovering. I mean, you know, you come home from work now or you come home from, you know, a run or whatever and, and the kids are screaming and, you've, you know, every minute <laughs> counted for. So I probably, I probably miss the... Um, you know, the time that you used to get to yourself and to be able to really, you know, train and come home, that real tired feeling in the fifth or sixth hour of a seven-hour ride, you know, like that. that I do miss that feeling, eh? Um, yeah. Funnily enough, I don't miss the racing as much as I thought I would, but definitely the training and the process is what I probably miss the most. For those weekend warriors slapping on their lycra now to go out for a long cycle, they're probably telling everyone in the house, a lot, I'm going out for a long ride today, a long ride. Tell them the truth. What is a long ride? What's the longest ride you ever went on? In your training? Oh, yeah. Training was probably uh, probably about seven hours. Um, <laughs> racing, I mean, racing. We've done uh, Milan San Remo, which is about 
when you put in the um, the neutral, it's probably about 312k. But they're chopping that out in six hours nowadays, you know, or less than sometimes. So, oh god, um, yeah, training you always probably go a little bit longer than what you're doing racing. Yeah, right, Terry. If you're listening, you're doing your 10k cycle this way. It's not a long ride, mate. Lift your game. Lift your game. <laughs> Hayden, Hayden, I know you've done some coaching in recent times, but, you know, it's shameless plug time. What are, you, what are you doing these days? Yeah, so I did actually coach. In 2016, I retired, and I went, I, um, I started my own private coaching uh, business, and that, that went really, really well. And then I actually was coaching our um, New Zealand development team with Site New Zealand, which was awesome. Then I just felt late last year I needed I needed again that, that challenge, that change, you know. I needed something to be really making me get up in the morning yeah. and go and, um, you know, get out there and, and achieve something. And so I decided to do my real estate papers and, you know, four or five months into it now, I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm a fully licensed real estate agent and I absolutely love it. Brilliant. Fantastic. Well, good luck to you on that front. Um, you, you've had involvement, you know, helping develop our cyclists in the re- last couple of years, you just pointed out to us. So, as a former Olympic medalist, a former Commonwealth Games um, medalist, you've, you, you know what it takes to, to perform there. To see New Zealand bring that many golds, that many medals back as far as cycling is concerned, and it's been well litigated, the challenges cycling has had over the last few years. And what was your big takeaway seeing our, our cyclists on both track and road lead the way? Um, that hard work gets rewarded, you know, and um, I'm really, really happy that those cyclists have, have come away with the majority of the of the medals, you know, because they've taken a, like New Zealand in, in particular, have taken a, um, they've been hammered pretty hard the last sort of 18 months, two years, and uh, but it was never ever the athletes' fault, so, you know, I've seen those athletes uh, actually pull like New Zealand back up to a positive uh, level gain is actually really, really good. Um, and, you know, it just shows that the hard work does pay off and you do get rewarded, eh? So that's probably my biggest takeaway. Aidan, it's been a real treat having you on the program. Thanks so much uh, for, for being so generous with your time today, but the significant contributions you've made to New Zealand sport, not just cycling. We, we wish you all the very best uh, in your next chapter. Hopefully uh, you can fill those, um, you know, competitive desires and all goes well uh, down there, especially in the, in the new venture of the real estate game. Thanks so much, Aidan Ralston. It's been a, a real privilege to ch- uh, chat to you. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Cheers. My pleasure. Hayden Ralston, part of our Saturday session legend segment. What a fascinating uh, career he's uh, forged for himself over 20 years.